wait and wait. And baby, I'm TFC Telanja. Coming in from the cold, hello and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the TFC fan show. I'm Mike Newell, healthy again, still defrosting as the name suggests. And I am wearing <laughs> this toque in solidarity for all those who braved the frigid temperatures at BMO Field this weekend. You guys are super troopers. Uh, but your Reds finally won a game um, and got a full 90-minute perf performance, uh, which is great. This is a good vibe show. Got Really got nothing bad to say. <laughs> this week we are going to be talking uh, and recapping TFC's 2-0 win over Inter-Miami. Uh, we'll be discussing a little bit about how Bob Bradley may cover some of the upcoming international absences, uh, giving, given the uh, international window that MLS does not seem to recognize uh, this weekend against San Jose. Uh, quickly address some uh, silly rumors about Lorenzo Insigne, and then uh, pick up on the good vibes by uh, reading some of your responses to this week's burning question. Lots to dig into, as I just mentioned, uh, bringing in my co-hosts, Jeffrey P. Nesker and Michael Singh, as always. Boys, how you doing? How was your weekend? How are the toes doing? Because, Jeff, I saw you on Saturday, <laughs> and you you looked uncomfortable. It was it was uncomfortable. Get with the program, man. First day of spring. <laughs> Tukes out. Summer weight scarves in. We're like uh, we're like diametric opposites over here. Yeah, it was cold. What are you going to do? It was it was it was it was a cold one. Um. Uh, for anyone that's keeping score, my wife didn't even bother coming with me to this one. I went entirely oh, by myself because I Alicia. I knew that 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 it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna happen. So I gave her the ability to to uh, to cash out of that one. And uh, yeah, so did stuff. you go solo? Uh, no, I I mean I I know people in the south end. Then of course I uh, met up with George. We uh, we share our season tickets. So it was a classic. Uh, George and I night night at the night at the races and it was super. super I was fun. trying to tell uh, this guy he was mm. at the top of one sixteen and obviously I'm like at the I'm at the base with my sports group and I'm just telling them to come on down because like once you get closer to the pitch, right? Like you get mm -hmm. that sweet sweet undersoil heating vibe. You know, you I wanted it thing, so you badly. Little, you get a little waft off it. It's all right. But context is key here. I I hadn't received my membership package yet, so I actually arranged to have it delivered to me before kickoff. So I was carrying around a giant, you know, hat box that I didn't want to get ruined. <laughs> and that was kind of, that You're was kind of taking a hat up. Box. A, yeah. Well, no, that I insisted on the hat box. And that was one of the reasons why I was willing to, to, to endure getting it before. Listen, when I go to concerts and I want a record, I'm the guy that buys the record and then stands with it for the whole concert, uncomfortably, like unable to do anything. So I, this is kind of in my wheelhouse, but yeah, it did preclude going down into the thick of things because I was desperately, desperately trying to protect that drum box, which you can sort of see blurry behind my, uh, my shoulder there. Fair enough. Well, Joe, I'm just saying, man, you left Alicia at home and TFC got their first win. I don't know. Uh -oh. I don't know. I'm, just <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Don't listen to this. Don't listen to this. <laughs> okay. My, my wife has given up on going again. She gave up like they won a championship. She was there for the final. And then the next Very year nice. she was like, listen, I've done my job. My magic has worn out. Uh, you can go by yourself now. Um, oh. So now I share my tickets with uh, Buddy and Kings. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So anyway, I mean, look, uh, Mike, how was the uh, how was the warmth of the press box? I hope uh, you know it was cold, man. Because you're so, like I said, you're oh, saying, right? world's smallest violin right over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold, right? I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not sickles mm -hmm. like you guys, where you guys are sleeping yeah. in the cold and embracing all of that. But you know, we're, you're right up on the glass of the press box, so like there's no heat at the front of the press box. But then you go through rows back and they're cranking the heat it just doesn't come up there so i That's actually have to special you you haven't got yeah. the narrow seniority card yet no so. no i'm right beside yeah, yeah. him on the press box so even he had to like go like back up Ooh, into the, the section that davidson well, Neil davidson right That's no 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 so like all the yeah who sits in the all, best spot grassy i knew it was grassy yeah yeah <laughs> all the regulars are front row mm. right so we're, we're all embracing mm. the cold but like the higher up where like all the food is and all of that just that's just the way the press box is designed so um yeah you know like mm. i was saying it just it was cool i felt your guys pain um mm. did you know, you? not as much as you guys did but, you <laughs> you know you guys know did... i would be out there if i didn't have a choice but i had a choice did you 
10 times out of 10. <laughs> was it was it colder? Was it colder last weekend than than the home opener? No. Part no, of me it wants was to say this, yes. It was colder this game. That's what I'm saying. I think it yeah, I think yeah. it was colder. Okay, I made a good decision not bringing Alicia along, I think. Yeah, yeah no, I it was definitely, yeah. definitely yeah. colder. The wind was weekend. the difference. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it really yeah. was. Um, though I was layered up pretty good. Like, thank goodness for uh, Mark's Work Warehouse, man, and Thermals, because that that kept me uh, pretty toasty throughout the match. Um, but there were some people out there that I was actually genuinely concerned about. We did have to check on yeah. people because they were not prepared. Um, no. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for it so it was yeah. a little scary but uh they got through it they got through it and of course they got to see tfc book their first win of the 2023 season and first win since august uh so uh good vibes all around um we'll, mm -hmm. we'll jump into that and start there um just wanted to get your guys thoughts on the game as a whole before we sort of dive into some of the particulars um in terms of just you know, the overall, what this could do for the club going forward. Um, there was a burning question from last week that, that was asked that I'm going to bring up uh, in sort of <laughs> Good, context we didn't. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, but also, no, 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 no. Actually, it, it kind of mm. came in middle of the week. So don't, it's just, it's just oh, okay. interesting. It was in the light of the wind. So, um, mm. you know, just want to get your thoughts uh, over on the game. Um, Mike, I'll start with you. So, from a TFC perspective, that was one of their best games in a while. They're one of the most complete games in a while. Um, the first thing that stood out to me is just how compact um, I thought the team was defensively. They didn't allow a single big chance through the course of the entire match. Uh, obviously, Sean Johnson made the saves that he needed to make when he was called upon mm -hmm. early in the first half, in particular the one diving to his right, although I still think that's a save any goalkeeper in the league really should be making. Um, but Someone's you know, been reading he Twitter. <laughs> yeah. He made the save. I, I actually mm -hmm. actually didn't. I don't know. What you're oh, because everyone's saying everyone's saying Bono would have missed it. Like, there's at least five or ten. Oh, really? That are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, yeah. maybe you never know. Actually, <laughs> um, mm. no joke, jokes aside. Um, so defensively, in front of him, like Matt Hedges and Sigurd Rosted, they both had probably their best games of the season. You can tell that partnership is really starting to develop, and they're. You know, they're starting to gain a better understanding of each other. I thought Sigurd Rosted in particular had his best game of the season. Uh, the amount mm -hmm. of aerial duels that this guy won, the amount of headers that he won, the amount of times he stepped up on Joseph Martinez, who isn't a guy that's easy to step up on and just make life difficult for him. Uh, I thought he did an excellent, excellent job of that. He brought a little bit of that that toughness that you need uh, in your back line. I thought he was, he was pretty stellar with that. I mean, I, I still think he needs to... There's a side of his game we haven't seen yet, which he's proud of, and that's his ability on the ball. Um, mm. he, Bring it on. He, does, he, he really sees himself as a, a guy who's calm on the ball, calm in possession. I don't think we've seen that quite yet from Sigurd Rosted. Um, beside him, Matt Hedges is just that that steady presence beside him you know like you know what you're getting and when you're you're a guy like Sigurd Rosa you have to feel pretty comfortable that you have that safety net behind you and Matt Hedges who seems to just be in the right positions at the right times um I've been really impressed by by Matt Hedges through the first course of the season so that's the starting point but as as we all know like defense is more than just your back line yeah. and we have to give some credit to I think in particular a couple guys Michael Bradley of course he sits in front mm -hmm. of that back line and, you know, Michael Bradley's at his best. It's an old cliche in hockey, but when you don't really notice him too much, that's yep. when he's at his best because he's just in there. He's um, he's delivering the ball to the right places at the right time. He's not trying to do too much. And when, you know, he gets caught out, it's really obvious because obviously he's a bigger guy and he's a little bit slower in the midfield. It's very glaring when he is caught up. So I think he did a really good job at mitigating all sorts of transition opportunities. He took a some really smart yellow card yes. in the first half. Yeah. Vintage, yeah. vintage Michael yeah. Bradley with that yeah. tackle, right? You don't see that very often <laughs> anymore, but a very smart <laughs> tackle. Um, stopping, a, like I said, a transition moment. And of course, Mark Anthony Kay was excellent defensively. Um, another really strong game defensively for him. He's not afraid to get his foot stuck in. And he did that a couple of times where, you know, it wins the ball back for TFC. And then... Brandon Cervania as well. Like, yeah. what an excellent game from Brandon Cervania on both sides of the ball. He was really good, especially at winning the ball back. I thought, um, I think he won possession maybe nine, ten times through the yeah, course of the craziness. evening. 
Um, so he had a really, really great game. So top to bottom, really good game. The one downside throughout the whole match, if I had to pick one negative, was just still they, they didn't get anything out of their strikers, uh, which I thought, you know, that's you're scoring two goals. That That's great. Um, but you'd obviously like to see more production out of your number nines. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Jeff, uh, Richard, thank you for bringing this up because I was going to forget. It actually was. It was the first time that father-son coach <laughs> uh, player duos faced off the Nevilles yeah. versus the Bradleys. Um, I I mean, what am I going to say that that Mike hasn't already said? I, I mostly have, uh, yeah, clean sheet. I mean, clean sheet's super, super awesome. Um, did you feel that this was a game of two halves still? And again, three points, clean sheet. I am happy as a pig in the proverbial S. But since we're going to scratch at this, um, you know, the the point was made earlier. Uh, again, Richard, who's killing it so far, three Miami shots in the first nine minutes, then nothing rest of the game. You could call that a TFC so start with a positive result. You could. <laughs> I could paint it that way. Um, and do we still think that that it was a game of two halves? And then my other question is, you know, it's a win. Um I don't think I'm ever going to see another goal like the second goal that Max scored doing a reverse triple Lutz, uh, you know, in the in the vague direction of the goal. Is this sustainable or does that even matter when we're talking about this game because points on the table? Yeah, it's, to me, I don't think it's a game of two halves. I really do think TFC, for I the agree. most part, had a had a pretty complete performance. There were moments mm-hmm. where Miami did have the ball and and looked semi-dangerous, but I don't think anything that – there was nothing that I felt – the, def- the the back four or Sean Johnson couldn't handle, right? Like there were, there mm. were just, there were like half chances and little moments, but I never thought that there was it. It's not like the Columbus game where Columbus got their foot on the ball and really dominated the second half. That's, and you that's very, very them, fair. And you felt like the goal was inevitable this time. It, you know, when I have the point here of seeing out a lead, this mm. is one thing that obviously we've been talking about through the start of this season is, you know, TFC has taken the lead in each one of their games so far. And up until Saturday had not seen out, you know, the three points. And I think the positive of this is that they are learning to getting increasingly better at seeing out a result. Um, you know, and this came up on the tunnel club yesterday, just, you know, the progression of you give up two goals in the, in, within in the 90th, right to lose a game mm-hmm. then you take the lead against atlanta but it never looks like you're secure in that game then you get to columbus fair, fair. where you have the lead even when you give up the goal it still seems a bit manageable you get caught out with a ball over the top and then tonight or sorry on saturday they look assured they looked like that like even if there was something that might have broken down there was someone there stepping in the right position to be able to snuff things out and i think that's important for the progression of this team going forward and to further that one of the burning sort of midweek questions that we didn't ask but got sent to us was from jonathan and he asked about this performance in the context of how we view the season so far only four games, obviously, but I think there had been a bit of negativity leading up to this game, at least from the <laughs> fan base, or at least the hardcore fan base. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously a win helps and cures some of that, of course. But if you kind of step back and really think about it in terms of progression, how do you guys see sort of this in the, the greater context of the first four games so far? So for me, it's progress. Um, I thought that by far, like I said, their best game of the season. Um, and I thought some of the things that they set out to do, they ended up doing. One of those things, like you said, Mike, was holding on to a lead. But another one was just playing a little bit more on the front foot. You know, one of the things Bob Bradley talked about before last match was that TFC didn't win enough set pieces, didn't mm. turn enough situations into corners, didn't turn enough situations into free kicks. And what that actually does it gives your team the opportunity. Yeah, it's a set piece. It's a dangerous opportunity, but it's also gives your team an opportunity to push up and move mm-hmm. up as a team, right? And that helps, you know, relieve some of the pressure that you've been dealing with. And we saw a lot of that in against Columbus, a lot of that against Atlanta, where TFC virtually I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I'm not sure they had any set pieces really either second half of those games. And I think mm-hmm. that that changes games so they they went out they set out to do that and they accomplished that obviously we saw in the second goal a set piece that 
was translated into a goal, but they stepped up at the right times. So I just talked mm-hmm. about Sigurd Rostad doing a really good job of that. They closed down at the right times. But, you know, if I can also be honest with you guys, I think Miami's a really bad team when they lost Gregor. I, I, I was waiting. And also, I wanted to call him Gregor, and everyone knows why, because that E should be silent, right? <laughs> like, it, So, yeah, Gregory, I'm sorry I called you Gregor. But, yeah, I, I mean, I did too. It, it's all right. Can, can I say it? This was a training wheels game. I mean, Miami, uh, what team do you want to bring from MLS that isn't Los Angeles to BMO Field in that kind of weather for maximum benefit? It's probably Miami on paper. And then losing your midfield talisman last weekend gave us the perfect opportunity. No, so, so Yedlin, too. No, yeah, exactly. No, I keep I keep forgetting he plays for them, but yeah, I love DeAndre <laughs> Yedlin, and no, no DeAndre Yedlin. So, so yeah, I think you know. Again, let me preface this: three points, amazing, happy as 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 pie. But when we start to scratch, and I'm so glad you said that, Mikey, because you know, despite their record and coming out of the gate strong, and despite you know the the Neville Pink Devils or whatever the hell they want to call themselves now, um. That wasn't a very good team, and they were at a and they were at a lull. And I think we we sort of stepped on their throat a little bit. And I, but I, that's a good we, thing, I, Jeff. I, yeah, like, yeah. I just I, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think it's a good thing, right? Like I still think yeah. it, it leads to the the conversation around progress, right? The fact mm-hmm. that this is Toronto FC. You talk about you know that's a team that was struggling. Toronto FC for the last two years has really struggled in beating teams they should beat, right? One hundred percent. And from that perspective doing that regard yes okay yes they're missing arguably their best player and arguably one of the better defenders on their team but you still need to go out you still need to go out and put out a performance into up until you, 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 saturday yeah. they hadn't really done that yet so it doesn't yeah. matter who was put in front of them i think they needed to put in a performance and do that and get 100 and therefore 100%. as much as i do agree with you that of course yes I won't necessarily say training wheels. Uh, you know, I, I mm. still think they are a bit dangerous. You still need to go with out Joseph leading the attack. I think we all realized on mass in that stadium, how washed he is at about 30 minutes in 35 minutes in. I mean, it was clear to player. see. No, he's not, he's the, not the same player. player. You can see the calculations going on in his head, what he wants to do versus what his body can do. And it's a little depressing, actually. I mean, it's, it's kind of like what we were seeing with Josmer. Uh, near the end of his stay at Toronto. You could tell that he was getting frustrated out there because his body just wasn't cooperating with the ideas. And 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 Joseph, for you know, like the way that he used to attack the ball for Atlanta, like remember in the All-Star game where he almost decapitated himself to get a, head, a meaningless <laughs> header goal? And we were like, this guy's amazing. Like, you know, he's lost that. To me, it isn't even that he's lost a step. It's that he doesn't trust himself to do that, those kind of shenanigans anymore. And that you're starting to see his ceiling lower and uh it's sad to see i mean no no one can escape father time though no yeah for true. sure and you know mike you're right um and i think even more so because you know why this was such an important win if you look at tfc's dressing room they have we talked about it last week federico bernardeschi a guy who was who's brought over to win right and you could see there was some frustration with him after last game but then there's also Sean Johnson, a guy who had so much success with, with New York City FC and 2021 MLS Cup MVP, a winner. Matt Hedges, a guy who had success with Dallas. One shield. You know, and then mm-hmm. you have Raul Petretta, who with Basel, you know, they you know, they're they're one of the best teams in Switzerland, if not the best team mm-hmm. year in, year out. And then you have a guy like Sigurd Rostad you're bringing in from one of the best teams in Norway. Like they, they were they needed that win for the mentality of the group. Mm-hmm. I know that's yep. something even Bob Bradley touched on. He said it was really important for this team to feel a win in which you can look around to, you know, everyone else in the dressing room and they could feel that they 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 earned that victory. It wasn't something that was handed to them. It was that every single person in that dressing room could feel proud of what they did on the field that day and, and feel mm-hmm. that they contributed to this end product here, which is three points. And, you know, they needed that feeling. So it was, it was good for that regard. And also, heck, they have a lot of players coming up missing for this next week against San Jose. Yeah. What's going to happen. That made that this much, this game much more important in sort of the grand scheme of things. Cause you know, next week's not going to be easy. 
No, absolutely. Yeah. One of the, if you don't mm -hmm. mind, Jeff, just one of the things, and I want you both to touch on this, Mike, mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier about Mark Anthony K having a, a solid game defensively. And I thought actually offensively though, you know, the first couple of minutes were a little rough. He started getting into the game a little bit more and obviously mm -hmm. a goal helps um, to, to sort of top off a performance. But do you think this is sort of hopefully getting Mark Anthony K back on track in terms of his form? Um, you know, I don't think he's been absolutely as terrible as a lot of fans have been kind of ripping on, but at the same time, you know, he, he has not come out of the gates as strongly as you would have expected. Um, and I wonder if this is a good sort of omen for him second goal of the season. Um, and also just starting to feel more comfortable at least of his sort of shuttling eight role. Yeah. Offensively his best game of the season. Um, easily I thought. The pass to to Bernadeschi on the, the first goal. You know, I, I'm up in the press yeah. box and I see Bernadeschi, but I I also notice like Mark Anthony K has his body turned the other way, and I'm like, all right, there's no way he sees him. You know, we're not gonna get that outlet. Let's see what else he's gonna look for. Then all of a sudden, he plays a no look pass with his weak foot across his body right on the money to Bernadeschi, and I was like. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, on like, a dime. I, I literally, I mm -hmm. it. I, I don't say a lot in yeah. the press box nowadays. I was just like, wow, what a ball. And then obviously the end product was because of that. Um, so I thought it was his best game from, from a ball movement perspective. I thought his touches were a lot cleaner. I know he had some moments in the first half in particular when he was trying to pick out Richie Larea with like a no look and it went right to uh, a Miami player. And that was just a really poor deflating moment. But I thought he bounced back in a really big way. And the thing about Mark Anthony K is that when you play him, you need a Mark Anthony K to play next to Michael Bradley. And that's not saying Michael Bradley is a liability on the pitch by any means, but just just the reality of where Michael Bradley is in his career. Mm -hmm, yeah. You need a guy who's going to do the dirty work, um, a guy who's, like I said, is going to get stuck in on challenges, a guy who's a little bit bigger, a little bit more experienced, and isn't afraid to do you know, the running that Mark Anthony K does. Plus, he does have this in his in his pocket. He does have the ability to make passes like that. He does have the ability mm -hmm. to get in the box and – you know, throw a throw a body part at a ball. I don't know how the <laughs> heck that went in, by the yeah. way, but he does have that in his ability. So, you know, his floor is a very good defensive player in Major League Soccer, but his ceiling is a really good two-way player. Yes. And mm -hmm. I think we're inching closer towards his ceiling with every game. Um, I think he is starting to look better and better, but, you know, the first couple games, I, I understand it left a lot to be desired out of him because he was giving up the ball way too easily. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I mean, I I people are saying it in the in the. I think his close game leaves something to be desired, uh, but that that'll come. Um, and uh, yeah, I I mean, I don't want to I don't want to slag him. I was I was sort of using him as a as a as a pinata last week. So I'm gonna I'm going <laughs> well, to be real. Man, you're good. not alone in that though. No, I didn't think not. I don't think it was unwarranted either. I think mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know they. I even said like he was the biggest reason why I think TFC struggled to keep possession. I still think yeah, he's yeah. that's the biggest reason, but they kept possession last week and it's no coincidence that he had a much better game. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and speaking of the end product to that move, that beautiful ball from Mark Anthony K, I was watching it on the replay and it said the same thing. It's Sunday gorgeous. Morning, like, whoa, whoa. Um, if you mm -hmm. can get more of that, you're going to be in good stead. But that let's talk first. I know I have the note here about Oso to Richie to Oso, which is just classic. But the growing understanding between Federico Bernardeschi and Richie Larea, which is getting better game by game. And you can now see that the two of them are talking a lot and looking for each other and these opportunities mm -hmm. to connect. I, I know in the first half, a couple of balls, Federico tried to play to Richie were a little overhit. Um, and, and, but you can see that that is, that is really starting to become a real danger point for TFC and, and in a way that they can start to create on that left-hand side, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, that, that relationship, what you're seeing there. And then obviously, you know, talk about the goal, the Richie to Oso, the classic that right now is, is I think is going to probably be the main sort of way to score goals. So <laughs> a, a number nine can get going. Mm -hmm. Well, for for that relationship, I actually, had, I had the opportunity to chat with Richie Larea about two weeks ago, and that was nice. I asked him a couple of questions about that relationship, and 
I asked him if it's a challenge to play with a guy like Federico Bernadeschi. Right. And, and he did, he said, he admitted it. it is challenging because he's just a different type of player than, you know, the wingers he's been used to playing with Toronto FC, right? We mm. haven't had a right winger quite like Federico Bernadeschi, at least when Richie Larea was playing consistently down the, mm-hmm. the right, right, right back side. So he, he said it was, it was a challenge, but he, he was up for the challenge and he actually compared him a little bit to a guy like, like Tejon Buchanan with Canada. Wow. Um, in in the sense of that is that yeah we're we're here talking about what a great run Richie made, but I think what you you're seeing is actually he's dialing back the amount of times he is making those types of runs. Agreed. He's making he's making different types of runs, and that's one of the things he said. He said with Bernadeschi, like I don't have to make those runs as often as as I did before. That's just the way that Bernadeschi likes to play. Mm-hmm. And then you're seeing him mix up also the types of runs that he makes, whereas you know. Like the goalie scored, he used to do that all the time, just overlapping runs. Yeah, get down the right hand side. On now, we, there are times where he's cutting inside and making inverted runs. Um, so I think it's a really interesting relationship that they are forming. What I do see is that is that Bernadeschi is getting a better understanding now of Richie Larea and the types of runs he's best at, which is I think you know those overlapping type of runs. And I think you're seeing Bernadeschi actually trust and respect Richie Larea more than he did maybe last season where I thought there was some frustration actually between the two um, because they weren't on the same page at times. But I think now Bernadeschi's understanding how much of a weapon uh, Richie Larea can be in, in that relationship is, I mean, you hear Federico Bernadeschi talk about it. I'm not sure if you guys have seen, I, I saw mm-hmm. it floating around, but I was, we, we, we asked him about, you know how he feels about Richie Loran. He's just like, man, I love that guy, and just the way yeah. that Bernadeschi is, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Richie's, you know, it's it's the same way. It's a it's a good relationship that that's blossoming, and you could easily make the argument they have the best red right side in Major League Soccer. You could, you could, and and listen, we've been saying it, all three of us. He's too good for this league, uh, and we are seeing it proved yet again. I mean, this is an elite player that knew who to look for. And, and it's, it's, it's no surprise that they're, that they're sort of kicking off. Uh, I had an aside that I've been sitting on for a while and I'm not even sure how to segue into this, which is weak sauce. But did you guys watch the, uh, the all for one moment that dropped earlier today? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. When did Michael Bradley start dropping all the F bombs on the planet? Michael in Bradley the dropped always, F-bombs, like all always. The time. always. I was, I was under the impression that, no, I thought I thought he was like a saint, and now he's and now no, he's suddenly no, bringing no, up no, the. No, 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 no. He's a competitor. Okay. This guy wants to Okay. F bomb central man. Mm. Yeah, no, he drops well, those all the time. Well you go back, secret, you can go yeah. back and look at those um, those all for ones where he's in there. They do those like when he's in the locker room and stuff, or when they got the mic in the huddle. No, nah, man, mm. it's like it, every other word is basically... <laughs> oh, really. <laughs> and by the way, I, I know I, it's a, I know it's I know it's a really nice piece of content. They have those filmed every game and ready to go for a next day for a victory i'm sure <laughs> there's always pre-game there's yeah. always mm-hmm. pre-game chats pre-game you know hype ups that's just yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. Being a locker room is yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely um really quickly just to sort of re just sort of end off on this game and we we've, we've uh, talked a bit about it but mike you had mentioned how important this was in terms of a win for the locker room and for those guys to to start believing in each other and in the project and that they are making progress. I wonder, and we talked a little bit about this on Tunnel Club. You guys talked a little bit about it last week. But this idea that this win was also important for fan belief and momentum within the fan base. I think we talked about it in, in the sense that you know, there, there are growing questions about whether or not this is the right way to continue to build a club. Is this the Mm -hmm. right way for this team to be playing? And I wonder, and and this sort of ties a bit into also Oso's post-game comments about the importance of the the fan base and how important it was, especially on a night that cold. Um, Just talk a little bit about that, like in terms of just, you know, how important you think this win was for that belief within the fan base. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Mike, on that. I feel like you would have a better perspective than 
than us here? Well, I, look, I, I think that uh, to me, and I had said this on the, on the Tunnel Club, it was a must, and I said it last the last time I was on the podcast, right? It's a must win. It was a mm-hmm. Saturday was a must win from that perspective, like not from a yeah. playoff and points perspective, but from a a belief perspective. You mentioned about in the locker room. I was talking a bit about that too, but really, I was talking about you know, the, the, the fan base and, and, and I'm talking about like the, the people who are listening to the show, right. The, 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 the bubble that we all, all are in, but in a lot of ways that bubble can drive a lot of narrative. And Mm -hmm. I think it was important um, for that win because it just gets people starting to think about the positives and actually, and again, Jonathan's question from that sort of burning question that he posed to us it got me thinking about, okay, maybe we need to take a step back here and think about the overall scope of the four games as a whole and sort of look at it that way and say, are we seeing progression in this team? Yes, the results are not exactly what we want. In theory, this team could be unbeaten right now. Um, mm. So from that, that's Seriously. another thing to consider, right? They could be unbeaten in theory. They could be on four wins, right? They could be St. Louis, um, but they're not. But at the same time, are we seeing the ideas that Bob Bradley's trying to bring into the way of play. Are we seeing progression in the way that the team defends and, and is able to keep possession? And I think we are, I think every single game we are seeing it in some games. It's a little, I think Atlanta is the outlier, right? Like that is the, Mm. that is kind of the game that doesn't really fit. But other than that, you're seeing progressively things are getting better and, and players are getting better understanding with each other. And I think that's mm-hmm. important, especially going into San Jose, where, like you said, we're going to be missing players. And it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic uh, plays out next Saturday or this coming Saturday. So I don't want to I don't want to give too much away here, but this is something I'm going to I'm going to dive further into. Um, I think this week is TFC had a a meeting at the beginning of the week. A team Ooh, meeting. They, they they do this. I mean, they do it every week where they go over video, but this one in particular felt like it was it, there was some tough truth that had to be said and had to be aired out that you know sometimes players don't love hearing, right? Mm. It seemed like it was a really honest video session that maybe called a few people out, that maybe called a few things out that they were seeing that maybe might have offended a few people, but they did so. They reached a point where they felt like they had to do it. Hmm. And just speaking of a couple of the guys after the game, that's something they touched on is that that session at the beginning of the week, they saw what they addressed in that session. They saw that play out onto the pitch. And Hmm. what Mark Anthony Kay in particular said is that it was a great thing for the team that they came out of that session and performed the way that they did. Because next time when they have these those types of conversations, those tough conversations, everyone will know that it's for the better of the team. Hmm. And it's for, you know, a good cause moving forward. It's not to call anyone out in particular. It's just to, to help the football team. And so, you know, you, you ask, is, is are we seeing Bob Bradley's vision sort of play out here? Yeah, you know... This was this was a good start. Let's let's see what happens yeah. mm. the next couple of games, right? I'm not ready to say, you know, here we go, TFC are ready for takeoff. But maybe yeah. maybe if we look back on this moment in a couple of weeks, we could we could look back at that that vid, that video session that they had, and maybe that could be a turning point in their season. It's kind of like a it mm. wasn't a closed doors players meeting, but it kind of was that sort of vibe where you know in other sports you hear about that happening where you know, something's not going well, you know, happens with the Jays, it happens with um, the Raptors, it happens with the Leafs, where just players only, and they have like those tough, honest conversation. It was that type of vibe, where it was a, it was a, a conversation that needed to be had. They had it, and hopefully uh, they've turned the page now. Well, Jeff, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, right? Because like you're a fan I love of this. Is me, right? Well, like, so what do you think? Yeah. I mean, this is interesting to hear because it's so easy to say the words, culture reset without actually understanding what it means and and when we discuss these things like whoa they got everybody together to have a bit of a hairdryer session you know like that speaks volumes to the difficulty it isn't just about roster build it isn't just about waiting out uh uh injuries and and this and that and this there's a human element as well and you know 
it 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 stands to reason um things you know regardless of how it transpired you know these team building exercises and 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 it is it is a team building exercise when you're all getting kind of read the riot act um it, it, you know things are moving in the right direction that's very emboldening to hear it's it you know because what were we talking about last week? You know, we were we were divining all these different suppositions about who Berna was inside baseballing when he did his. We need it. We need it. We need to stop doing long balls. And we were wondering, you know, what what Michael Bradley, what food, kind of food poisoning he had to 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 besmirch the jersey immediately before people went to potentially go buy it. So you know, to see that kind of reversal in a week, um, I, I take it as an enormous positive. Because it, it speaks not it speaks to that the relationships within the club are starting to codify to a level of comfort that you can be critical of each other as opposed to maybe walking on eggshells or or whatever else was going on. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, and I can't wait for that article because I love this this behind the scenes stuff because it allows us to speculate with a bit more uh, in our in our a bit more ammo in our in our speculation closet. So yeah, yeah it's nice to hear. Absolutely. And of course, you know, at the end, also had to give the shout out to the supporters for coming out. Mm -hmm. um, he always will. The, the boy knows. He, he knows. Yeah, he, he, yeah. he knows. He, he knows. knows what's up. Like, mm -hmm. you know, he scored the yeah. goal and kissed the badge and everybody ate it up. Right. So like in the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, another it, another point, another point. Sorry. Uh, finish your no, statement. No, go for it. Go. No, no, go for it. Yeah. An another point is when whenever I get asked questions now, and, and I hope that we can use this for a segue to the Lorenzo nonsense, but whenever I get qu asked questions about what the TFC live fan base is thinking now, I almost want to answer with chaos because no, like one of the things about a fan base, and I'm not slagging TFC's fan base, this is any diehard fan base, is that there's a certain no one's ever going to be happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's a part of me that's like, even if we go on a, on a tear and we're the invincibles break every points record and win MLS cup, somebody will be mad because we didn't do it with Sebastian Giovinco or somebody will be mad because, you know, we didn't fire this goalkeeping coach or whatever. So the fan base is always going to be angry. Did this lower the temperature? I think is the better question. Absolutely. Because a win changes everything and that's the simple equation behind all this is that at the end of the day all of this faff and all of this you know blah 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 blah, blah and uh, you know bob out <laughs> la, la, la. everybody is on board if we're winning right like that that that's why it's such a weirdo argument to indulge all the time so now let's talk about lorenzo insignia <laughs> no we'll, we'll, we'll address yeah, yeah speaking mm -hmm. of um mm -hmm. no we'll, we'll address this for about I, I really don't want to go more than three minutes about this. Um, yeah. but there is a rumor. It was tweeted out um, by our friends at Waking the Red. Uh, mm. There's a report in Turkey that a VP at Galatasaray mentioned that he may, may want to go after Lorenzo Insigne in the summer to pair him with his old buddy from Napoli, Dries Mertens. Um, I, right. Look, we no. don't know who this VP is. He could no. be the VP of SOC buying we don't know mm -hmm. right but all we know is that this report is out there i would not lose sleep over at tfc fans i put it that no. way i did say on this podcast though i would not be surprised if lorenzo insignia was not a part of this team and well, that's the why the turkish but that's uh, yeah that's why this, the tabloid ran on it anyway i mean because yeah. there is that feeling and this is what they do they're just there's no, there's absolutely nothing to this and um the fact that like People took it seriously when the the second sentence was the deal is going to be a loan with a with a purchase option. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to eat a DP spot for a fifteen million dollar man. Like there enough. It's stupid. It's it's unfathomably stupid of a rumor. Um, there's absolutely smoke where there's fire. He can't be happy. We're not happy. This isn't happening. Mike. Sing, do you have anything to add? <laughs> um, I'm not as like absolute as you guys are. Um, oh, not Religious. not in the sense that mm. I. So like what I was told again, this is coming from someone who probably has the club's best interest in mind. There's nothing to these rumors. It was um pretty wild rumor. Um, but you know we can't sit here and and say that. Lorenzo Insigne is insanely happy with the football that's going on at TFC. Um, I think, but more so than anything, he's probably frustrated with himself. 
And I mean, I mean, I was just about to slag him because you to be unhappy with the football that's being played, you should probably play some of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, um, I think that 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 narrative is also overblown. Yeah, like I agree, but they, yeah, they, they, yeah, he's, but he's still, played yeah. a lot of games um, in the time that he's been here at. But, anyways, like he, like from a football perspective, MLS is a reality check for him, right? Let's mm-hmm. call a spade a spade in a million but ways. At the yeah. same time, you know, fifteen million dollars a year, fourteen million dollars a year you'll be pretty happy and what i can tell you is is that i think i really do believe that lorenzo insigne loves toronto loves the city i know his kids love the city they go out to raptors games i'm told they're really big raptors fans and and really are enjoying and embracing you know sort of the what the city has to offer here um but i think Mm. from like a footballing perspective he's more frustrated that he hasn't been able to to help the team this year um and I, i really do think that is eating at him that you know when he was at napoli like he had such a special relationship with that fan base yeah napoli fans worshipped lorenzo Mm -hmm. insigne and you know he gave them a plenty of reason to worship him it's the opposite right now with tfc fans tfc fans Mm -hmm. are slagging him jeff but also because you have the guy next to him federico bernardeschi who's come in and and stole the hearts of TFC fans when maybe Lorenzo Insigne feels that, you know, that should have been him. So I think there's part yeah, of him and, that and is Yeah, and and you're you're touching on it. Like he made a decision to be out of that Napoli spotlight. Maybe it isn't treating him the way he thought it would. And this is a direct uh, paraphrase from uh, someone that responded to a tweet thread of mine. There's so much going on. You know what I mean? Like this really is a, a total culture shock in terms of like you know, his relationship with the press, his, the, 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 his, you know, the, the, the sort of stress of the press, because it's so much higher in Napoli for him. Like he was, you know, he couldn't go outside to get a, to get a coffee. He can hear maybe the opposite is true. And he's missing that fire a little bit. Who knows? All we can do is speculate, but, but my speculation extends to the fact that we're not giving him away on a loan with a purchase option to a Turkish club in the next couple of weeks. I think I can safely say that's not happening. Yeah, and then like, okay, like oh, I said, honestly, a minute on this. Like, like, they're so, they're so not. Are you the moderator? Can you do it? Can you do it like the Canadian Heritage Ministry did earlier in the day? Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> to be fair, like this is. It, I think it is a relevant conversation to have because, you know, like you said, Mike, you wouldn't be surprised if Lorenzo Insigne wasn't here by the end of this season. It is really he is still. I know Bernadeschi is absolutely doing fantastic but he still is the face of toronto fc right now Mm -hmm. yeah and you ask you know 70 percent of people who are going to be Mofield, which player they're most excited to see the answer is still going to be lorenzo Lorenzo insigne yeah right so it's a really really important conversation and you know like for whatever reason i think it probably comes with the price tag and maybe some frustration last year but TFC fans have yet to to embrace Lorenzo Insigne. And I think that part, you know, does affect him in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, making $14 million a year, that definitely appeases some of that frustration. The scales of justice are tipping, yes. <laughs> he, he really came into the season with a good mindset, with the, you know, him and Bernadeschi were clicking, good buddies again. You know, they were having fun at training sessions like he wanted to to have this season um mm-hmm. start off on a really good note and it just you know an injury happens and it's it is what it is you know but uh, i wouldn't be surprised like like you said mike to see more of these rumors pop up but absolutely you know, they're he, they're coming if he starts mm-hmm. if he starts playing well here in toronto like i don't think he's played too poorly when he has played but if he does play well then i think a lot of those uh, rumors will go away yeah, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sort of just maybe close in on this because again, we're, we're at this point, it's kind of just in the wind right now in terms of what we're talking about. Like in specifically around this rumor, wouldn't really TFC fans wouldn't lose sleep on it at this point. I think it's just a rumor. It's a VP shooting their mouth off to a reporter, hoping maybe something catches fire with an agent. And then, mm-hmm. right? Like for, in terms of that, um, that said, 
look, if 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 it's a situation where you love the city, but you know the thing you do professionally isn't filling you with joy, look, any professional would feel the same way. Where like, hey, look, if there's an opportunity where I can make both things really work out, you take a look at it, right? And you know, people are going to say, well, there's got to be 50 million reasons for him to leave. Not really. Like in the end of the day, when you're already a multimillionaire, 50 million dollars compared to six million dollars a season. I mean, what's the difference, right? Like, you're still living a great life. You're still going to be in a city you want. I know it's a lot of money, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's if, not a lot of money. If that was the case, he would have stayed with Napoli. Probably. But, I mm-hmm. mean, like, okay, well, I mean, what if Galatasaray can come in or any other club come in and say, hey, we'll give you eight? Well, you know, eight to 15 and you can play football and maybe be in the Champions League still and compete at that level. Maybe that is something. I don't think, I don't think, don't I don't know. think that does it for him. I don't Maybe not. So. We uh, we don't know. But uh, again, I, I again wouldn't be shocked if it if it if it does or something happens in that case. But right now, he's still a Toronto FC player. He seems happy. I'm not losing sleep. And I'll and it. I'll say the club does not want to sell him. Uh, yeah. that, I'll, I'll say should... that as well. Straight up trade for Jefferson Soteldo. Let's do it, boys. Oh. Absolutely. You're, you're, you say that as a joke, but your mind would actually melt if there was actually a real rumor about that. Um, all right, guys, let's move on to um, the uh, preview for this coming Saturday. TFC is on the road, uh, so it will be a late one for us on the West Coast against San Jose, 1030 start time. Uh, t- San Jose is 2-0-2 with six points this year. I will say that their two wins are against Vancouver, who have not won a game yet, and Colorado, who are bottom of all of MLS. So, but to be fair, their two losses are against Atlanta, Atlanta who's yeah. first in the East, and St. Louis, who's first in the West. West. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where do we fit in that? We don't know yet. But, um, yeah, you know, the typical Santos Day chaos, just a <laughs> exactly. chaos team. They've always chaos. been, yeah. Even mm-hmm. Luigi Gonzalez now is head coach, who I really like actually as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, chaos so the big news item for toronto fc coming into this match is that they will be missing five players due to international call-ups because mls does not like an international window apparently um so officially those are jonathan osorio mark anthony k richie Lareo, and io akinola off to the canadian men's national team for a pair of games in the nation's league and thomas romero who got a call up mike sing you thomas. call that up Tomas. Sorry. Tomas. 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 Greg, Tomas. Gregory. Gregor. Gregor. <laughs> Tomas Romero off to El Salvador uh, for said Nations League as well. So obviously with four potential starters out, three for sure, and then Io probably could start. Probably if the, if if this was a normal match, we probably does start on Saturday over DeAndre Kerr. Um, how does Bob Bradley adjust given that uh, he'll have four starters out? What do you guys think? That's a great question. Victor Vasquez so, time. Christian Gutierrez, right? I think he would get the call at left back. So that's mm-hmm. replaces. Rich- no, Richie's right. Oh, sorry. No, shoot. We can't even do that. No. Well, yeah. you could, in theory, could play an inverted right back if you so are no, inclined. Um, but probably Kobe. No, yeah, Kobe. I'd say I'd, play, I'd say JMR. Jaquil. Oh, oh yeah. The other no. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Of course. Right. Yeah. Jaquil or Kosi. I think one of the two probably get the starter right back. Or you could see Bob Bradley maybe shift formations and play three at the back. So what he talked about was potentially Kristen Gutierrez, who can play as sort of a left-sided center back in a back three. Um, maybe that's something you see Bob Bradley tinker with here this week. Just, just change the formation up. Um, and then that would allow you probably to bring in a guy like JMR Kosi and feel a little bit better about that with them playing mm. right wing back as opposed to just the straight right back in a back four. Uh, the three um, five two. Mm-mm-mm. So there, there is some potential there. And then you have Cervania and Michael Bradley in the middle, maybe those two, and then maybe Victor Vasquez as your number 10. And then obviously you have Bernadeschi, and then you have how one of my lose? So three four three. So It'd be Bernadeschi. You probably then, are starting DeAndre, DeAndre. Kerr. Yeah. 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 Right? Is that 11? I, I lost track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doing a 3 5 2, so I, my formation is entirely different than yours. But yeah, no, you're yeah, right. No, you're, you're right. right. You're Absolutely. right. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that could be a, a reasonable way to go uh, for the team. And, and obviously, as you said, Jeff, you, your Victor Vasquez love might come true as he might get a start 
uh, on Saturday, and I don't think that would be out of place. And Brandon Servinia has earned the right to essentially eat those minutes. Oh, he's starting. Um, yeah, he's starting. Yeah, like he's on, he, he will be Pretty an sure. automatic starter. It will be interesting to see what happens at that right-back position because, you know, we, we talked about this on the Tuttle Club yesterday, and I would love to get your opinion. You have now three players that could play there in, Co- in, in Franklin, JMR, and Kosi. You say it probably is going to be JMR, but I really do think Bob Bradley really likes Co- uh, uh, Kobe Franklin and could potentially give him a run out at right back. Hmm. I think he does it. like Kobe Franklin. I don't think he loves him at this point in his career um, enough to trust him. And I think if he did love him, then you wouldn't have seen Christian Gutierrez come in for this team. So this, the, the fact that they uh, you know, picked up Gutierrez, which, by the way, you need to tie to your piece of business knowing that they didn't pick up his full salary. No, no, it's, um, like it's a really small amount they have to pay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, when, when you put in a waiver claim, like you actually choose the amount of salary that you want to pick up. And if a team wow. like pick, puts in a bid that's higher than you, then it likely will go to that team. So whatever bid that TFC put in was the highest bid that Christian Gutierrez got. And, but what we do know is that it wasn't his full salary, which last season was 250000 about. So, you know, they're just paying a fraction of that, which is, again, Hi. a good piece of business. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where Kobe Franklin falls in in, in place in terms of this season. Um, I do think, like, yes, the club is very high on him as a prospect. Uh, but I do know that Bob Bradley in particular has a lot of things in Kobe's game at this particular time that he would like to see Kobe Franklin really improve. And the biggest part of that is um, defensively, right? He, he will really wants to see Kobe Franklin improve defensively. So I, I wouldn't, I don't think he's, he's ahead of those guys quite yet. He's two for two so far with his shouts. So you don't want to, he's, he's, he's spitting hot fire this season. So, uh, <laughs> Hey, I so yeah, it's it's JMR time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. I, that's true. No, I, 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 I hear you on that. Um, I, I personally think it will be Kosi. I think he, he may have more defensive trust in Kosi, but, you know, it, it will be interesting to see which one also gets some pressure, off. too, though, to play JMR. Right? Yeah, I, I do yeah, feel exactly. like there's a little bit more pressure to play JMR. That's, I don't know. Uh, don't yeah, know. maybe, but he still resisted those opportunities to put him in in different positions. I know there hasn't been sort of a tailor-made perfect position to bring JMR in this season yet, but, you know... Here it is. Time you brought Kobe in 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 Atlanta, you could have arguably brought JMR in. Now I know he's not a a natural midfielder like that, but you know there are opportunities where you could maybe Kosi, yeah, Kosi. No, to bring JMR in. I know they brought Kosi in in Atlanta. Yeah, no. So to bring him in instead of Kosi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I think they were trying to see out the the lead at that point, right? If I do remember correctly. No, they were trying to see Mm -hmm. out the draw. At that point, the, the draw, draw at that point, yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah. yeah, still, they're trying to hold on for dear life at that point, I think. Yeah. So, no, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's, 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 we'll I should know. I, I don't know. I, I just don't <laughs> think that Kobe is, is the guy right now, but maybe I'm wrong. Fair enough. Fair enough. Here's a just sort of a bigger overall question for the two of you that I, I want to sort of touch on a little bit. And oh, actually, before I do that, let me just really quickly go through sort of just San Jose, sort of the high points in terms of their just form chart. Obviously, we mentioned uh, they're 2 0 and 2. They just lost their last game to aforementioned St. Louis City um on saturday you gotta yell it remember it's all in all yeah you have to yell it yeah yeah yeah, you have to yell it uh but they are well you might as well yell it now because they're top of the league right now um uh, they will be missing their uh number one goalkeeper he got injured uh prior to the st louis game um and they're also i think uh, two other really key players went out injured on saturday as well so we don't know what their statuses are going to be they the still main... they still won three nothing without any of their starting center backs i mean this team is is ridiculous they're just they're 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 throwing the about away. no yeah was, yeah, uh, yeah yeah i was talking yeah. about San- they lost a few players and then oh, okay uh, okay and then uh in terms of the danger man it's kate Cowell, jeremy uh, Ibo Bise um, is, mm-hmm. is yeah. yeah, and uh, Christian Espinoza are the danger people. Aside from that, I don't want to say this should be a TFC win, but I think this is a team that you can handle. Let me put it that way. Um, so b- going into the bigger question, should MLS be doing a better job of stopping for international players? <laughs> I know this. I know the, the schedule gets packed. Jonathan Osoro touched on this in his post game com- uh, comments. 
but it seems kind of ridiculous that there is mm -hmm. an international FIFA window. Like everybody's pretty much stopping except MLS and teams, not just TFC. Lots of teams are being handicapped by call-ups uh, during the window. So does this make sense for MLS? Like, does it actually make a better product if your best players are not playing in the league at the same nope. time they're playing for the national team? Uh, I mean, I they can't. Um, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can't. There's no time. That's Unless it. you invent a new month, they can't. Right? <laughs> like, it's so it's so jam-packed now. They're the victim of their own I mean, overscheduling. So, like, like, what should MLS do a better job? I mean, they couldn't possibly be doing a worse job. So, yes, they they should be doing a better job. I mean, this is this is a freight train uh, moving toward. Like, look at what happened to Jack Price. Obviously, a, a, a bad example because he's injury plagued and on the wrong side of thirty. But I mean, what's what what will be the solution here? Somebody likes snapping their own ankles off due to fatigue, like in the middle of a game on on Apple TV Plus. This is insanity. It's insanity. And when you're and when you're playing through a FIFA mandated break, I mean, where is the paperwork that on the positive side? Uh, don't worry about it. Like we're going to do it better than this than this this flawed admin, but at the very least protects players from career debilitating injuries like it's just it's just all bad it, it really is it really is you know like I, I can handle the the late starts you know I know people are complaining and there and there's validity to the complaints um I can handle the late starts I because you can see the logic behind it Apple wants the the whip around show whatever la, 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 la. but you know forcing people to play it's you said it yourself it's sacrosanct to putting your best quality product on the pitch which is bad yeah it, it sucks but it is what it is i don't know that's my my short answer to, to mm. whether it is it literally is what it is like if they want yeah. to fit in league's cup this year and take a month off in in the summer um then it is what it is i don't know like people are you know frowning at league's cup but i actually think it's, it's gonna be a really good competition for the league and you know maybe not this year it'll catch on but i do think as the years goes go on. I think it'll get more and more exciting. And listen, there's there's a Concacaf Champions League spot or at least one on the line when it comes to the League's Cup here. So there is still something to play for in this you know made up tournament, I guess if you guys want to call it that. But it, I think it you know tournaments all start somewhere, and the fact that we're going to see now every year, regardless of if you make Champions League or not, you're going to see some Liga MX teams go up against MLS teams. That's a good measuring stick for whatever whatever team you are. And I think both MLS teams and Liga MX teams are going to go for it because of the fact that there is that spot on the line. So yeah, we'll, we'll see exactly how it plays out, but there's not no real perfect solution that you're going to satisfy everybody with this. Um, aside from maybe cutting a game from your schedule. Yeah. It's, well, uh, it's, uh, to me, it's kind of like, okay, so you play 32 games instead of 34 games. In yeah. The regular season. yeah. Like yeah. what, like it, <laughs> You know, in the end of the day, like I get it. There's, like you said, there's TV and broadcasting obligations. They are signed up for 34 right? games. I understand that, but mm. I also look at it from a look, look from a product perspective, right? Like you're putting teams out on the pitch, and you're not putting your best product out, you know, on a week on a match week, right? And and yep. it it's and look these these games matter, right? Like I'm, we keep saying it's early and things like that, but they matter, right? They matter, they in, matter. in the standings. They matter in the way that you can potentially qualify for the playoffs. I know people will say, "Well, build your rosters better, build more depth. That will be yours." Well, like look, when you're still in hello a, a salary, salary cap, league, yeah, when you're in a salary yeah. cap league that only allows you to spend five million dollars on players. Like like yeah, you know you you can only have so much depth and so much quality depth before you're, yep. you're scraping the barrel with MLS next pro guys who are playing in a league that probably is not even better than the USL one right now. So, you know, from, from that perspective, <laughs> um, I, I get those things, but I mean, from a product and putting your best team forward each week, which is what MLS team should be doing each week. It, it, it just, it's counter to that. In my opinion, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. It's, it's double Absolutely. dipping the chip. I, I mean, you know, the, the singular fact that it's a FIFA approved window and we're still playing through it gives me pause. Uh, yeah, yeah. But like Mike said, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, we've been following this league for long enough to realize the insanity behind most of these decisions. And, and they're just going to keep coming uh, until Good something ma massive hand happens, uh, hopefully. Does this mean that Campione's Cup is dead because of League's Cup? 
Is there no That's campaign or is that still happening? No idea. I do not. Did it just know. quietly I, die? I'm going to find out later. I'm, well, I'm I think, well, I mean, I, I think it's supposed to be the, the winners of MLS versus like the MLS Cup well, winners versus the. Yeah, yeah there's correct. no reason for it not to exist anymore. But well, I guess it's I'm that's wondering if they, now, I guess. Yeah. So I do think like the winners of MLS Cup and the winners of League MX, they get buys in the League's Cup. So maybe that's the way of compensating for losing that on that tournament. But I'm, I'm honestly oh, not sure. Rest, in, rest in peace, Campione's Cup. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Hard but I, I'd imagine yeah. that maybe it's not. Literally hard to lose. I didn't even think about it. Okay, um, <laughs> let's wrap up the show with this. We are going to the burning question of the week. And this week, we were all about the vibes. We were all about the positive vibes. We wanted to know how nice. good was it seeing TFC live back in the wing column for the first time since August 2022. Um, so some comments coming in. Um, some of the some of you took the opportunity to start talking about Lorenzo Insigne's. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I'm, I'm ignoring. You. I'm ignoring you. All right, um, a couple of comments here. Uh, MMC just coming and saying, still thawing out from that game, and the East Stand is a far warmer on the feet versus the West Stand. Interesting, didn't know that. Um, I mm. think the uh, the concrete you see keeps the the feet cold. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Um, but basically, just saying the uh, the the view in the West Stand is. Uh, nicer oh by the way great win um uh, uh let's see uh win made the cold bearable and the top hot dog taste better from luca cardi um mm-hmm. uh, from burna season just saying it was awesome felt like a long wait but it was great being in the south end for the final whistle and having the atmosphere leaving uh leaving the grounds again excited for many many more home wins this year i am it was a long wait it, yeah, was it, was. Yeah. it was a very long wait. And, you know, I'm sticking to my uh, predictions. I do think TFC will still finish on the top end of the Eastern Conference. I, I actually do believe in this team quite a bit, even though sometimes. Didn't you say. Like are you reading a tweet? Because this seems a lot more than 160 characters. <laughs> okay, good. Didn't you say right, supporter good. shield contenders? I still mm. think they can be. Yeah, I think so. I, say, if I think if this team, possible. I think if this team turns around. You know, uh, somebody was tweeting, I think it was Jeff Bradley, he was tweeting out the stats compared to 2017 TFC. Yeah. And uh, we're in we're in good shape. We can still pull a 2017. Um, you know, we start winning. We start railroading other teams. We start mollywhopping other teams. Everything's better. Uh, on paper, this team's amazing. Uh, you know, we're getting closer to maybe that reality. I don't I don't necessarily think Mike is uh, is that out of out of line here stranger i don't think so i don't yeah i don't think it's a crazy prediction especially when you look at you know the way the season is played out and what teams are dropping points early on yeah exactly that we took points from atlanta looks like the best team in major league soccer right now yeah 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 yeah. i mean we all we have to do is beat st louis city and we win mls cup so there you go boys (laughs) it's an easy season Couple yeah, of last yeah. comments here to, to take mm. us uh, to take us home. Greg Finley just uh, tweeting in good win uh, from being solid offensively and defensively. Still things to work on, uh, but going in the right direction. Knowing the defense and keepers uh, aren't scrambling to hold a lead is a nice feeling. Uh, and then just a couple more. Sorry, just pulling this up here. So just bear with me. Um, sorry, guys. Just uh, taking a second to get this up. I can vamp. I can pretend I know what tweet. Uh, there we go. Uh, Jameson just saying uh, uh, defense encouraging, better second half. Uh, Harps on K's giveaways. We talked about that already. Um, really enjoyed uh, Petretta's positioning. Uh, we had a question about that. I thought he had a really good game. I thought he had a really good game. Well. Chris Fung did not. Chris Fung, uh, way, way up in the comment stack. Had uh, had some derision over. Uh, I, I think there position. is some things around positioning. Um, he takes risks. He does take. He takes risks. risks. Yeah. So I, I will say that, but I thought on the ball, especially, it seems like he's getting more and more comfortable um, with Major League mm-hmm. Soccer as a whole. And I thought this was probably his best game overall. Um, but yeah, you know, there are times he gets mm-hmm. caught out, and maybe that's something he has to shore up, or maybe that's just the type of player that he is. But there are times it works out; at times it it doesn't. 
Absolutely. But other than so, that, everybody's uh, everybody was good vibes. It was nice to see three points at BMO Field, uh, especially when you're trying to freeze your toes off. So uh, <laughs> thank you for the uh, comments, everybody. Thanks for tweeting in. Um, we really appreciate that. And uh, obviously for those it, watching live on YouTube or wherever you're watching and, and commenting in, you guys have been killing it. So we really appreciate it. That's it. That's, uh, that's the end of the show. So thank you for listening to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. We will be back next Monday evening recapping TFC's performance in San Jose and maybe talking a little Canadian men's national team as they hit the road for and crying about Insigne as he as he goes to Turkey (laughs) uh, um, (laughs) on the road uh, against Curacao Uh, funny enough the men's national team is playing at nine o'clock and the TFC game starts at 10 30 so keep that in mind uh, in terms of your watching schedule. Uh, big new favor to ask for the listeners of the podcast. Please do us a solid and leave us a review of the podcast um, on Apple Podcasts or a star review on Spotify. Helps a lot. Uh, a lot of the new listeners find the show uh, and new supporters uh, get in and get in easier. Uh, lastly, the Tunnel Club with myself and John Levy. We will be back on Sunday because I'm not doing a late Tunnel Club at like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> on Saturday or no Sunday morning. Like- yeah, no, 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 no. you're not doing plastic, that. plastic Big fan. Man. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. But we will be back with the reaction show on Sunday. So just follow <laughs> us at TFC Tunnel Club for showtimes and Twitter space links. Do and, not schedule uh, it during F1. I'm very excited about F1 on Sunday. Two what? weeks in no, a row. Uh, so gonna try. Yeah, gonna try yeah. To do you're that excited to watch Red Bull just sweep the podium again. Oh my god, that car is insane! When they get DRS, oh my goodness! It's so it's like even when they don't have DRS, it's dumb. It's even when dumb. they don't have DRS, right? It's anyway, it's not an everyone show for Michael Singapore. Vroom vroom! And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.